human hackers. How do you create community? Community. There's actually a lot of frameworks, a lot of research that's been done about how do you define a community. The sense of community theory is one of my favorites, so that's why I included it in the book. But there hasn't been uh, many, if any, real good theories on how do you get to that point? How do you bring people to feel that sense of community? The framework that my team and I developed over, over a few years now is called the social identity cycle. I talk about that in the book, and the idea is that everybody goes through this cycle whenever they become a member of a community. And you could think about any community you've ever started, whether it's the Aussie musician community or any community that you've ever been a part of, and think about the experience that you've gone through, and it'll go through these same three stages. First one is identification, the second one is participation, and the third is validation. Identification, participation, validation. So first you have to identify with a group, and at first it's going to be loosely. You know, these people are musicians, I'm a musician, cool, I loosely associate with it. I'm feeling drawn to it for some reason because that identity, the, the social identity there feels cool, it feels unique, it feels novel, it's tapping into something I'm not finding in my existing social networks, and so you feel drawn to it in some way. Or maybe someone invites you, right? Like, have you ever been a part of a community that someone invited you to and you were like, well, that sounds really freaking weird, and then you went to it and you're like, actually, that was kind of fun i really like that like um like burning man a lot of people are like i'm never going to that and then they go and they're like i'm never not going to this again it was such a fun unique experience fun unique experience <laughs> So you have this loose identity that first brings you into the group, and then you participate in some way, at first in a small way. Um, you might just, if it's an online community, you just create your profile. Maybe you introduce yourself. Uh, you add your profile picture to it, right? And then you have to feel validated for that participation. So that's where a lot of people end up falling off, is they identify, they go and participate, but then they don't feel a sense of validation, and so they don't feel a reason to come back. And so when that person introduces himself, do they get a response from somebody? Is there somebody there that makes them feel very special and seen and welcome in the community? Um, did they learn something? Were they entertained? Did they get some value out of it? All of that will go into making them feel a sense of validation as like, this is a community that I feel valued and safe in. If that's true, that reinforces the cycle, reinforces the identity, and you slowly start to move from your individual identity into adopting the social identity of the group. You start to take on the language, the symbols, the norms, the culture, and as you adopt it more and more, you're, you're willing to participate in greater and greater ways. So maybe next time you post in the community, maybe you start answering questions for other members, maybe you attend an event, maybe one day you host an event, you start taking all these greater actions, and as you invest more, the validation also increases. 
because now you're helping people. You feel a, a sense of intrinsic motivation and reward. And that validation increases, that identity increases, the participation increases, and so on and so on until eventually you are you know, a really ingrained member of that community. There are so many things that lead to community, but just both the beauty and the challenge of community is that it means so many different things to so many different people. I can feel a sense of community with my family. I can feel a sense of community with my friends. There's a really interesting book uh, called Tribes by Sebastian Junger. It talks about how mental health actually improved amongst communities during times of extreme conflict and trauma, like living through a war or the London bombing, right? They actually did studies and found that suicide rates went down, uh, mental health went up, levels of meaning and purpose went up, because this idea of shared struggle is something that really bonds people, right? Um, and he talks a lot in the book about the military and how the, the people in the military go through this like really, really tough experience together um, that, that causes a lot of trauma in some ways, but in other ways creates this extremely strong bond and codependence and co-reliance that they have on each other. But then those people in the military come home and they, they have to reintegrate into a society where you're not that reliant on your neighbor. You're actually much more reliant on these larger systems of government and social security and police forces and things like that. And that's actually what ends up causing trauma and PTSD to, to come out for a lot of the people who go through those experiences. At least that's his, some of his premises in that book. We can talk about, like, novelty and like creating Burning Man where you roll around in the dust and hit a gong before you go in. But like that's not real. in some ways Burning Man has a similarity in that like you're surviving in the desert, right? There's this shared investment um, that people have. Effort justification theory is something you can dive into that basically says people will value things more that they have to work hard for. So I think like that's something that you see very commonly in, in the strongest communities, right? Even online, some of the strongest communities in the world are people who are dealing with a very serious health condition and they're coming to those communities to find support from each other. Now, does that translate to the world of business and a customer? Sure, yeah, like customers are facing challenges. We're facing challenges in our careers and our professional identities. And by giving people a space where now they can connect with other people who are sharing that struggle and not feel judged for not knowing what to do in that situation and actually feel supported and celebrated for being in that situation, that's what really gets people moving. Mm. Mm. Humans, especially in the modern age, uh, have and need a diversity of different kinds of communities. 
We need weak ties as well as strong ties. We like to have a group where I can talk about uh, basketball casually and not have to share my deepest emotions with those people. Uh, but then, you know, if we don't have any space where we can share our emotions and we're only talking about the shallow level stuff, then we're, we're missing that level of community. I tend to think that people crave the kind of community that they don't have. If you're in a space in your life where you have a very intimate group, you may crave like, I want to meet more people and get different perspectives and different ideas and do more exploration. If you've been doing exploration for a while and you've met a whole lot of different people, you may start to crave, okay, I want to like feel more grounded and focus more on my smaller groups of people. Like I think right now after COVID, everyone's been so focused on just their most inner circles because it's literally the only people we can hang out with that after the vaccinations widely distributed, there's going to be an explosion of people wanting to travel and go to festivals and go to big experiences because that's what we've been lacking. Focus and risk are definitely two. If you have a high level of risk, you're going to look for comfort and support from other people. You can actually create those experiences on a practical level. That's why small groups that really center in on vulnerability are so powerful. Because, you know, we can host this conversation on a podcast and, you know, I'm pretty open, but a lot of people in a public setting aren't going to share a lot. But if you put three of us in a room and had the right questions that really got you to open up and be vulnerable and share the things that you're really afraid of, that where you're really experiencing pain in your life, and be able to share that openly and then have the people around you not only accept you for that, but um, appreciate you for sharing it and support you, that's like where you find the deepest form of connection, not on like a Q&A in a forum. But we need both of those things. One of the things that excites me most about the direction of this space is that technology needs to help us better understand communities. There's a lot of com tools out there that are coming out to help people build communities, but not nearly enough to help us make sense of the data and the interconnections that happen in a community and being able to tie that back to business. And it's not an easy problem because to your point, it's extremely complex, but the companies that figure that out are going to be multi-billion dollar companies. I knew that we would come out of this stronger and uh, have a different appreciation for human connection and bonds and we may even feel a lot more bonded because we've all gone through this shared struggle together we'll we'll see how that turns out <laughs> um but i think anyone who lived through covid will anytime it comes up in the future there'll be a sense of camaraderie and understanding in that moment immediately of just like remembering how it felt in the struggle and how hard it was the, the pain that people went through Everyone will have that shared struggle, that shared experience for the rest of our lives. Right, 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 right. People ask about the title of the book a lot, and they ask, or there, there's sometimes a sentiment of, you know, should you be bringing belonging into business? Like, is that going to ruin community, or business is going to ruin community? And, you know, for one, no, I, I don't think businesses have the ability to ruin something that's like root to being a human. Uh, for as long as humanity has existed. And two, imagine what the world would look like if every business was actually community-driven. Imagine how good it could be if businesses were held accountable by the needs of their communities and invested in everything they were doing with an understanding and a community-first mentality. 
that would change the world for the better. And, and that's, that's what excites me about this work, isn't how do I help businesses take advantage of this like super pure thing, at least pure in our minds, but rather how do we help businesses become more human and not just because it's the right thing to do, but because it's actually gonna unlock incredible growth and value for that business. And I believe the companies that do this are going to be the unicorns of the future and the ones who are gonna accelerate way faster than traditional businesses can. Human Hackers.